Welcome to Beggars at the Gate. We aim to bring the good news of Jesus Christ and his work from a Reformed Baptist perspective in a Utah context. We've been going through the Ten Commandments. We've covered the first six words, as they are called in the Hebrew. We are now on to the seventh. My name is Darren Caldwell, and I am one of the pastors of Covenant Grace Church in Syracuse, Utah. My name is Ben Hyank. I'm the other pastor at Covenant Grace. Darren, there's been a lot of talk. A lot of talk. A lot of talk. And I think we may be getting our hopes up prematurely. I don't think so. Oh, I really do. So Ryan Smith, who is the uh, co-founder, founder, whatever, of Qualtrics, one of the largest companies in Utah, multi-billionaire, he has been lobbying many, many times over to get another sports team, at least one other sports team in Utah. Right. He failed when the Raiders didn't come. That was, there was no chance. That oh, was we were never getting an yeah. NFL team. Uh, the A's. It's so bad that now uh, Vegas is lobbying against us to not get an <laughs> MLB team. Um, we have tried for hockey. And if you've ever seen hockey in Utah, it's abysmal. Um, I hope that I am wrong. You just offended somebody <laughs> with that statement. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it's not NHL quality. <laughs> the, the Mustangs are great. Sorry, Lita and Brenda. Uh, but it, I hope another team comes. I really do. It would yeah. be fun. A baseball team. Baseball is so much fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and like. They could make so much money because we're a captive audience. We have nothing else. No. Oh, yeah. But I, I just, I, here's why I think this. Was it Barkley a couple years ago? Or was it another NBA player when the, when the NBA All-Star game or something was coming to Salt Lake? Yep. And he basically said, it's a boring town. There's no light, no nightlife. Right, right. I, I think that is, I, I, I think that's a hurdle that most people don't understand. I'm not saying to build nightclubs. Sure. I'm not saying to do that. I just, I think it's a big hurdle that Ryan I think Smith that that is, over. I think that's a hurdle for certain types of sports. Okay. So I won't ask you to stereotype, but I'll, 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 I'll believe you. Baseball is a daytime sport, <laughs> that, right? That is true. Yeah. You don't need a nightlife. That's true. To, to have a good time with baseball. Yep. yep. Um, and with hockey, I, I think that the type of people who would be into hockey are going to be perfectly fine with the culture in Utah. Okay. Utah culture has some very similar things to Canadian culture. Okay. Um, okay. You know, ver- across the board. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mountains. Mountains. That's exactly Camping. where I was going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I figured that's where you were thinking. High altitude. High altitude. Yep. And it's cold. It um, is cold. Yes. You know. Sometimes. Not this winter. No, it's been no, kind this of strange. Been a milder winter, yeah. lots of moisture, but yeah, but hockey might fit. Hockey, I think, would fit culturally yeah. pretty well. I think baseball would be fun. I really hope the Miller, the Millers you know, land a, a baseball yeah. team and that Ryan Smith lands a, a hockey team. That'd it, be a lot of. fun. It would be a lot of fun. You think the Millers will go after it after they sold the Jazz? Oh, they've put like uh, a few wow. billion into it. And for Tom and Carter, I mean, we basically this is a this is now a, a hero ball episode. Um, <laughs> So let's go to the commandments. A, no, a good number of our okay. of our listeners who have no idea what that means, yeah. and and I probably would prefer that you continue to not know what that <laughs> means. Uh, but I used to have another podcast where we talked about sports a yeah. uh, long time ago. Yeah. All the followers miss you. All the, all four of them. <laughs> one of them being you're my now wife. Mar- you're now married to them. Yes. <laughs> well, only one. This is in a Utah context. It is Utah. Only married to one of those that? followers. Yes, that's true. 
and each, only one. Each one of the hosts are married to one of the fans. And that yes. leads us really well into the Son ah, of Command. Ah, yeah, there you go. Excellent. Well done. That might be the best segue we've had. Oh, and, and probably the most fun we will have with this True. topic because it, it doesn't True. get much more fun after Yeah, this. yeah. The seventh word. The seventh word. Yeah, this is, this is one probably for most men in churches brings the most guilt and shame Absolutely. to the forefront. Yep. Um, I think it's important right off the bat that that's not our goal. The truth is the two people talking on this podcast have succumbed to this sin and it is something that God has forgiven us of. Absolutely. So we don't stand here in judgment of anyone. I will put that on record. It's obviously right now on record. We do not stand in judgment of anyone. This is something that we both have needed in the past and currently need the forgiveness and the shame to be removed because the shame is so easy to run to the forefront again. So the seventh commandment very simply says, you shall not commit adultery. Yep. So let's start with the negative side of this and then we'll talk about what is he saying positively in this. So what is God saying to avoid? I mean, the, on the front, yep. It's, to honor marriage right to preserve the particularly the and if you have young children who are listening this might be one that you don't just for various reasons you might want to have those conversations uh that aren't caused because of ben and me but anyway to preserve the sexual purity Mm -hmm. of marriage yeah um so don't um sin by sleeping with another woman right or another man right um but also that we are to to not engage in those things that would tend toward sexual immorality in right. thought, mind, heart, deed, yep. um, in any way, shape, or form. So that would involve not uh, the not viewing of or partaking of in anything that could be in any way, shape, or form described as pornographic, mm. yep. um, or that would stir up uh, the thoughts of our hearts. Yeah. Um, you know, or the things that we read, you know, which is yeah. another, it's a, a becoming a, an increasingly bigger uh, topic. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about the men at the beginning of the podcast. Women aren't um, absolved. Yeah, right. from like the, there's a, a large percentage of women that um, that have looked at uh, and uh, to any degree at, right. at pornographic material, but even now it's the the books yeah. that are being read, which used to be. Kind of the, the shamefully you keep that under covers and now right? there's like reading clubs yeah, devoted to these things. Yeah. Um and not to, you know, again, not it's easy to look at a different group sure. and throw right. It is rampant. Right. In any in all the all yeah. forms. We are a highly is. sexualized culture. Yes. In so many ways. Right. Um and God calls us, you're right, to purity to chastity, I think as well as like the character of God, what this is an offense to God is because God is a faithful yes. God. I mean, he tells, oh, I, I, I always rack my brain. It's one of the minor prophets with Gomer. Mm, Hosea. Hosea. So Hosea, like, why is that such a picture? Because he is so faithful to his people. Yeah. Stop breaking the commandments. Stop going like a prostitute goes back to that. I mean, using a very sexual language in the, the whole, you know, the, the picture of that book and what our sin is. Yeah. He uses that. Why? Because he's a faithful God. The whole Old Testament is 
and, and God altogether, not just the Old Testament, but you can see it, it throughout the Psalms, throughout their history of God's steadfast love for his people. Yeah. He steadfastly loves them. I am a jealous God, so follow me only. I am a steadfast, my steadfast love towards you will never end. Amen. And so that's why God is so, uh, I was going to say important, why, why it's such an important thing for us to see about the character of God and, and, and follow him in that, to walk in his faithfulness. Yeah, um, that he's, he is. he's faithful, he's pure. Right. You know, I, uh, my thought goes to uh, Psalm 19, mm. that the law of the Lord yeah. is pure. Yeah. You know, this is, the, there is nothing in who God is yeah. that would provoke in us uncleanness. Right. Because he is altogether pure, altogether lovely, yeah. altogether commendable, true, trustworthy, kind, all, all those things. Yep. He is He is purity. And that's the what we, we think of when we think of his holiness. That should be one of the things that we think of is his his complete purity toward all that, that would be considered unclean. And adultery, um, whether the physical act or the lust that Jesus talks mm-hmm. about, is not only does it violate the order that God's created for mankind, God created marriage, God created sexuality. Those are good things that God made. Yeah. And it perverts that order. Yes. Um, so that's the first reason why it's wrong, because it violates that order that God created. But it also elevates and exalts sex and sexuality and those lustful thoughts, the perverted thoughts and yeah. feelings that come with those to a position of godhood Yes, where we are now pursuing my pleasure yes. at the expense of somebody else's perhaps, at the expense of my marriage perhaps, mm-hmm. um, but partic- particularly at the expense of the glory of God, yeah. saying, God, no, your order and your way is not what I want. Yeah, How want you satisfy else. my soul is not as important as me satisfying sexually. Right. In America, I would say that many people would ascribe that humans are just basically sexual beings. Yeah. And I've heard, I've, I've heard that side. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're not right. Like we are called the chief end of man is to glorify God yeah. and to enjoy him together forever. Like we are to glorify God in everything that yes, sex, sex inside of marriage is part of that. We can glorify God in that, but that's only one part. We aren't simply sexual beings. Right. Um, It's interesting who God is most gentle with throughout scripture. Mm. And I think it's important. I'm not, I don't want to, if the weight of your guilt that is, that is unconfessed is heavy right now, I'm not trying to lighten your, your guilt and I'm not talking to Darren, I'm talking to anybody who might be listening. Um, when Jesus speaks to the woman at the well, yeah. there was no faithfulness there. No, She was on her fifth or sixth or something, and Jesus knew that and said, yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah. He specifically, in the providence of God, met that woman at that well to talk with her. Yeah. The woman who was caught in adultery, in the act of adultery, they haul her out in the streets and they're ready to stone her. And again, he is not saying this is okay because he said, go and sin no more. Yeah. But he was highlighting, hey, 
I am gentle and lowly with you. I am, I am the savior that you need. I am the faithful one that you need. He's yeah. not condoning their sin. He condemns their sin, but he gives them the solution, which is himself. Yeah. I love the story in Luke 7, I think it is, of Jesus comes to the Pharisee's house. And while he's eating with Simon the Pharisee, a woman comes in and washes his, and, and is weeping yeah. at his feet, washing his feet with her tears and with her hair. And Simon, and Jesus perceiving his thoughts, Simon is looking at this woman, at what's going on, says, if Jesus only knew, if he only knew who that woman was, he would not even let her near his yeah. feet. And then Jesus, you know, says, Simon, I've got something to say to you. Yeah. And he's like, okay, what? <laughs> and, and then talks about, you know, who, you know, who's going to love more, the one who's forgiven 50 denarii or 500. And he says, well, the one who's forgiven more. He says, I came into your house. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't provide water. You didn't do anything of that sort. Yes, she has not ceased to do so. Yeah. Why? Because she's been forgiven much. And, and I love uh, Zach Eswine has a book called The Imperfect Pastor. And he talks about that story and says, you know, that Jesus says that Jesus looked at her. And he, he said something that was so profound. He said, that was perhaps maybe the only time in that woman's life that a man looked at her without lust. Yeah. With, without unclean thoughts, without judgmentalism, or any of those things. He looked at her, he loved her, he forgave her. Mm. And that cleansed her mm. of her sin. Mm. And, and so I, I love like how you're pointing that out. Like the, the, the guilt, like we shouldn't, we don't take away the guilt of the act. Right. Right. How does Jesus deal with that act? Yes. In Matthew five. Yes. He tells us this is what it means. If you look with lust at a woman, you've broken yeah. this commandment. And so what are we supposed to do? Deal harshly yes. with our own sin. If your eyes causing you to sin, pluck it out. Mm -hmm. If your hands causing you to sin, cut it off. Go enter into heaven blind and lame mm -hmm. rather than hell whole. Like this sin will utterly destroy you. It will lead you to hell. It is not worth whatever you think is valuable in your life that you can't live without mm -hmm. that allows you to continue committing this sin. It's not worth it. Yeah. Like we don't diminish the guiltiness of the act, but we do lift high the righteousness of Christ to forgive. Yeah. Um, that this is not, it is a shameful and, and it, it makes us dirty. Right. And we feel the dirt. Right. Paul says, when you commit sin, a sin, a sin of sexual immorality, whatever that is, you're not just committing a sin against somebody else. You're committing a sin against yourself too. Hmm. That's why we feel it so deeply yeah. because we know this has stained me yeah. in a way that I can't get rid of. Yeah. And yeah. And he says in Corinthians, this was one of the sins that he says, you will not enter the kingdom of God. These right. things are very serious. Yep. But then he reminds them, Paul reminds him, and it's so good that he does remind them. And he reminds us as we read this, such were some of you, yep. but like you said, it makes you dirty, but you have been cleansed. You are washed. You're washed by the yeah. blood of the lamb. Like you, you as a Christian, God doesn't see you that way. And I think too often this sin in particular 
can become a person's identity. Mm. And so they think, well, God kind of views me this way. I'm just this kind of person. You know, my wife views me this way because she knows my unfaithfulness of my past. No, God has given you a new identity. He has given a, he has made us new creatures. The old have passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. That's in the past. You are not viewed in the eyes of God as righteous before God, but still someone who's had, you know, adultery outside of marriage or someone who has been addicted to porn or, you know, he doesn't, there's no asterisk in how he sees you. There's righteous before God. Yeah. And it doesn't have to become our identity. It doesn't need to remain the stain. We're not a second class citizen. We're not, again, I I, I know I'm, I'm repeating it. It doesn't need to become our identity. Yeah. God has forgiven us. Right. Absolutely. And in light of that, knowing the the horribleness of the sin, mm-hmm. the prevalence and the ease yes. at which it's available in our day and age, where the things that would have been unthinkable to our parents or grandparents' yeah. generation are um, <laughs> just on commercials yeah. for children's right. stuff. I mean, it's it it's just so pervasive and perverse and and it's at the point now it's interesting because i remember you know 15 20 years ago it was getting to the point where it's just the norm sure it was expected yeah it still wasn't talked about openly but it was expected that a guy probably looked at pornography Mm. that was just the internet makes it Mm -hmm. so easy sure it's probably happening right you know to now where it's just like it's celebrated yeah like this is just the the language of our culture right. it incorporates yeah. things that are were previously unthinkable. Yeah. Um, so the, the it's so readily available. It can make us do one of two things. We can either feel incredibly dirty, which mm-hmm. is what we've talked about, or incredibly desensitized mm. that we're not we're not even aware of how vile some of the things are that we just assume sure you know i remember uh watching a movie it was a sandra bullock movie i won't you know so i'll bore you with the details (laughs) bad in and of itself (laughs) but they talked about there's a a comment in there about waiting until marriage Hmm. and the the friend she's talking to is like waiting like yeah like you're weirdo. That's a, that was a weird right. thing. And this is a, an older movie. Sure. And now it's like the thought that anybody would even consider waiting right. for marriage is so beyond the thought process. Right. You know, like that, that pursuit of now realizing the thoughts of our minds, we violate this command, mm. but the pursuit of purity until marriage, yeah. even at, at that physical level is still a worthwhile pursuit. Yes. And that that is just uh, just completely assumed that it never happens right. is yeah. is that's the sign like of how desensitized yeah. we become. Yeah, we and again, this is not a poke at the world podcast. But, no, no. Um, like Jesus said, they will hate you because they hated me. Yep. And we might say, um, you know what what kind of persecution do we actually? face, right? Well, I dare you single person who is saving themselves for marriage. 
Go downtown, whatever city you live in, and tell people you're saving yourself for marriage. You will be laughed out of the place. Oh, yeah. You will. It, it is so normal that that's odd. Yep. It's it it's not a it's not a question of, you know, if this is going to happen. It's a question of when, yep. right? How early? How late? You know, whatever. God has called us to more than that. Yeah. And so, what then? If this is something that we either deal with the guilt of it, because it's maybe something that we're currently struggling with, yeah, or the shame of it because of what has been in the past, and we feel this identity. What is the power? behind this it is not the law to stop doing this yeah the the power to not commit adultery is not the words don't commit adultery right so what is it it's the gospel it is yes it's one of the things that the law and this is why it will produce guilt what it should do is lead us back to the blinding purity of god right and then the gospel as we feel the guilt of that blinding purity of God mm-hmm. and how far we have fallen from it. And we need to do this because we need to see how yes. far we've fallen. Right. And then the gospel will come and say what we just read in first Corinthians six, mm. that was who you were. If you've come to me in faith, you've rested in me, you've confessed your sins to me. You've, you've, you're, you're repenting of this sin. You are asking my help to turn from this because of what I've already done in your heart. You were washed. Mm. Were. Mm-hmm. That's a past tense yeah. verb. You were done. washed. It's already done. You're already sanctified in Christ. You're already yeah. justified in Christ. And so because of that, we know now who I am. Mm. Like you're saying, my identity is not that I am an adulterer. Right. My identity is that I'm a son of God in Christ. Mm. My identity is that I'm not I'm no longer dirty yeah. because of what I've done. Though I should be. Yeah, that's right. It's that I'm clean in Christ. Because of what he has I done. will wear, Revelation 19, mm. the white robes of the righteous deeds of the saints because I'm in Jesus. Yeah. I'm in Christ. Yeah. And so now that empowers me to see the things that the world and my flesh would say, this is what's going to be satisfying to your soul. Yeah. To look at that and go, no, I know what truly is satisfying to yeah. my soul. It's Jesus. Right. And so I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust the promise of God that this is going to turn to ash in my mouth Mm. if I pursue this. But Jesus won't. And that it might be hard. Mm -hmm. Because we know, like, scientifically, uh, sexual immorality and pornography and those things rewire our brains Mm. for pleasure. So you're not just fighting the old man. You're now fighting your own biology at this point if this is something that's become an enslavement for Mm -hmm. you. Um, you you might be clinging desperately to the truth that Jesus is going to be enough. He's going to be satisfying ultimately. Yeah. Maybe I won't even experience it that much in this life, but he is more. Yeah. He is good. We cling to that by yeah. faith because we're united to him. That's right. And Our union with Christ drives us, compels us, draws us like a moth to a light, draws us to yeah. walk pure before God. When I, th- I was thinking about this earlier, um, we talk about like the Orthodox Catechism, the Heidelberg, they talk about guilt, grace, and gratitude. Mm. And we feel our guilt and we come to the grace of God. And then we do the works of gratitude, which should follow with what the law says. So out of gratitude to God for what he's done, 
I no longer should be committing sexual immorality mm -hmm. in my heart. So many times I I see those. Yeah, I, I should be doing works of gratitude. Mm -hmm. But you just kind of assume that because of the gospel, it's going to happen. Sure. And as I was thinking about it today, the like I need to do more in my life, not to earn or merit, but to reflect on what's been yeah. done and actually be grateful yeah. that if I'm really grateful for the washing that I have the re in Christ, the renewal of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, mm. the regeneration that, that's been done, and reflect on that and am grateful for that at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, at the end of the day, that will be a shield and a guard to my heart and my eyes and my mind yeah. to keep from, like Proverbs says, wandering close to the, you know, the door of the adulteress. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so praise God for his gospel and freedom from sin and guilt and shame. And may we not look to the law to uh, empower us to walk faithfully with him, but we look to the law to um, see we, where we are guilty and then be grateful for what he has cleansed us from. So if you want more information about Covenant Grace Church or anything that you've heard on this podcast, you can find us at Facebook or Instagram at Covenant Grace Utah or online at covenantgraceutah.org. Thanks for listening. From beggars to beggars. For the